Hey, Jesse. Yeah. Any, anybody with some juice ever really go to bat for you so you could get a job? Oh, yeah. Well, if the creator of Star Wars didn't vouch for one of the greatest directors of all time, one of the greatest movies in cinematic history might have never been made. Mark, what are we watching this week? Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make him an awful game. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Wow. I mean, we usually give it away. I don't know how much we gave it away there. I mean, Star Wars fans probably know. But uh, for those that still haven't figured it out, we are watching Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. 1981 classic, boys. And uh, for those that need a refresher on the listening side, as the Third Reich continues to its reign of terror, Adolf Hitler is on a quest for the legendary Ark of the Covenant, resting place of the Ten Commandments, whose supernatural powers, legend says, can wipe out entire armies. The U.S. government turns to Dr. Indiana Jones for the mission. Relentlessly pursued by Hitler's henchmen, Indy infiltrates their massive digging operation in a race against time to discover the Well of the Souls, where the Ark has lain undisturbed for centuries. That is Jay Welch's contribution to IMDb.com. There were many to choose from. I thought uh, Jay Welch hit it on the spot, so thanks, Jay. But uh, how we doing, boys? No Nico this week. Uh, he... Uh, is out on his own archaeological expedition and cannot be with us. But uh, we've got Jesse in the house. Hey, what's up? And we got Jeff. How we doing? Uh, so, yeah, so the new uh, Indiana Jones movie has just uh, recently come out, and we wanted to celebrate by talking about the original one. So I think this is one of those movies that Jeff and I talk about a lot that is just... We're probably not sure when we saw it, but I'm going to let Jeff jump in first with Moment in Time. Jeff, what do you got? Oh, I do remember. Um, Excellent. I'd love to hear but it. On my Moment in Time, I'm actually going to go into two kind of specific memories here. Because Raiders of the Lost Ark was not my first, was not my introduction to Indiana Jones. Really? I actually saw Temple of Doom first. Okay. And I specifically remember, because I couldn't sleep one night, my parents would always rent movies on like a Friday night or whatever, and... I woke, um, the more adult movies they'd watch after we'd go to sleep, but I woke up and it was like in the middle of it. And my parents loved these movies and I guess they didn't want to like pause and just deal with me. So they let me sit up and watch it with them. Uh, and I was like, I was instantly in. First of all, I was like, what the hell is Han Solo doing in a uh, hat and with a whip uh, running around some crazy temple? Uh, but then like, I loved it so much when I started falling back to sleep. But I made my I made my parents promise me if I went to bed that they'd let me watch the whole thing the next day. That was like my like bargaining chip. Uh, watch the next thing. Um, since I liked it so much, they had a re-release. I don't remember when the re-release was. 
but they took me and my brother and sister to uh, the drive-in for this re-release. And my very specific memory, because uh, we were all still pretty little when we went to go see this, was at the end of it, when they opened the Ark, my parents cleverly told, uh, told us, all right, you got to close your eyes because it goes along with the story. And that's how they got us to close our eyes while the, uh, the Ark was opened. The and faces I didn't melted. See, I didn't see the faces melt until the next time I saw it, which, you know, at that point I watched it. But I uh, always loved Indy. Uh, it was probably my three favorite movie characters growing up were Han Solo, Indiana Jones, uh, and one of the Ninja Turtles, probably. I don't know. Uh, probably Han <laughs> so Solo. So your two favorite characters were Indiana Jones and Han Solo. <laughs> We're Han, uh, yeah, Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Excellent. So I have a pondering about that later. So nice teaser. Perfect. Uh, and that's my moment in time. Jesse, do you know when you saw this movie? I don't remember exactly. I think I was probably in the, gosh, I don't know, nine, eh, probably, I don't know, eight to ten range. Um, definitely saw it on VHS, which I thought... All of us saw it on VH VHS, right. but Han had a very intricate story. I know. Very impressive, Han. Um, I did not have that experience. But I love this movie nonetheless. Um, I don't know how many times I've seen this. Countless number of times. And kind of along the same lines of what you were talking about, Han, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, and Back to the Future, those were the three trilogy franchises that really were the pinnacle and defined my movie watching as a young person in the 1980s. I actually think that I was the same way. That's a great, that's a great call out. That's probably part of the reason why we're all here, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Laid the groundwork for my movie watching for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I think that's well put. And I, here's what's interesting. So I, I don't know when I saw Raiders. And I think I don't know when I saw Raiders because... Raiders came out in 81. You guys were born in 81. I was born in 82. Uh, the uh, Temple of Doom comes out in 83, which is a prequel, technically, to Raiders. So that's yep. funny that that was your first one you saw. It, it, isn't that unique? Like, I, yeah. I've always thought about that. I'm like, wow, maybe I was meant to see it that way. And then Last Crusade comes out when we're 7 and 8 in 89. So I think... I don't... I. I think I just saw all three when they were on video. Probably when Last Crusade came out on video. And I just... Because I, I, I just remember them being all... Like, almost blending all together from my childhood. So, I, I looked up when the dates came out. And that makes sense. Because the yep. third one would have come out on VHS when we were eight, nine years old. So, we would have had access to all three of them. Uh, but Raiders is... It's the best... I don't know Absolutely. if I thought that when I was a kid. I might have well, leaned what? Temple. To totally agree. But as an adult, Raiders is so good. It, I mean, and it's 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 been good. It, it, but yeah, this is just one of those timeless classics where I just don't know the specific memory. So I'm glad Jeff did, because I always like it when one of us knows. But So do you remember when you saw Last Crusade? Uh, in the theaters. Uh, and that's actually my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Okay. I actually, I actually prefer it to Raiders. Interesting, but Interesting. I love Raiders. 
I, I rank them. I rank them Last Crusade, Raiders, and then Temple. And also, that's, as a kid, Temple was my favorite. God, wow, that's wild. That's wild that yeah, you remember that seeing Last Crusade in the theaters. And uh, I wonder I if first, I wonder if it's your I, favorite because you, I'm guarantee you saw it with your dad. Yeah, uh, I saw it with both parents, and it was. All right, so jumping into what works here. I basically I believe this movie to be the greatest adventure story ever told, and I mean it's in my top fifty movies for a reason. And I think Indiana Jones might be the coolest character in movie history. <sighs> Indiana Jones works because he's human and relatable. Okay, we totally buy this concept of this historian professor by day, adventurer archaeologist by night kind of character, right? And I feel like this movie just has something really rare going for it. And Jeff, you kind of touched on it in the intro. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg combined at their prime to put this masterpiece together, essentially. So Spielberg's and it's come more off than of, just that. This is an all-star no, I know. cast. Oh, we're uh, all-star but, but, but on top of that, we've got a perfect story, a perfect script, a perfect director, a perfect cast, a perfect crew... And they just make this a timeless classic. We're 40 years later here. And we're talking how epic Raiders is. Raiders is still epic. It is 40 years old. And it's insane. Some of the effects are like a little whatever. but Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. The pacing, it's, I was, I was a little nervous. It's been a a little bit since I'd seen it. And I was nervous it'd feel slow. It doesn't even feel slow. But here's why we go, okay, here's why we come back time and time again to why we love this. And we love this because of Indiana Jones. And Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, they created this iconic character that's just been loved by different generation after generation after generation. And I I can't disagree. I, I, like, I think Indiana Jones is as cool as any movie character has ever existed. When thinking and, about just movie characters, and the next coolest might be Han Solo, which is weird. It it, it, it <laughs> might be. So let's talk about that. We can get back into what worked. I know I touched on just the, the tip of the iceberg, but we keep referencing this whole Han Solo and Indiana Jones thing. So Harrison Ford kind of hated Han Solo, right? He came to terms yeah. with it when the with the sequel that came out years later when his character because finally he got to die. Right? <laughs> he was obsessed yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wanted his character to die long before, right? Yeah. So he's on record with that, and he's just kind of on record as saying like Han Solo was an idiot. Like, you know, he's just a funny guy, but not not smart at all. And he just whereas when he talks about his love for Indiana Jones, it's just like. Holy shit! If you've ever heard Harrison Ford talk about right, the two, I think that's why he's he, going back to the well. I, I for sure, and character. like is back in 2019, he was on I don't know some interview doing some show, right? And someone asked him about you know who who who's going to take over Indiana Jones when when he's gone, and he said nobody. He said the character dies with me. <laughs> uh, and I think he's right. That, like I I, I mean. <laughs> And I guess at, at the end of the day, when I was thinking about this whole Han Solo, Indiana Jones comparison, debate, whatever you want to make of it, Star Wars is so much bigger than Han Solo. Right. Indiana right. Jones is Indiana fucking Jones. So that alone is all I need for, like, just as far as 
getting like why Harrison Ford loves <laughs> Indiana Jones so much more. He just I totally wants to be the star. Like, yeah, like he's the man, man. And like Star Wars well, is just such a, a bigger. I mean, he's a pilot. He lives on a big. He lives on a giant farm or whatever. He's a very practical guy, and Indy, for all intents and purposes, is pretty practical. Harrison Ford in real life, when you see him in interviews, like he's snarky, like Indiana Jones. Yes. He's kind of, like he cranky? he's yeah cranky <laughs> like Indiana. Exactly. He just has you know, and uh, um, I it's just cool character, and I'm just taking up too much time, so I'm gonna kick it back to Jesse and get us <laughs> get us back into gear here. Jesse, well, do you are, do you think Indiana Jones is much cooler than Han Solo? Not taking anything away from Han Solo, just really highlighting how cool Indiana Jones is. Han Solo is a great character, um, but I, I, yeah, I think Indiana Jones is cooler. And as my wife reminded me, Harrison Ford, he's pretty attractive. Yep, as Han Solo, he's a good-looking guy. Uh, and that plays god there's also this big comparison to me between indiana jones and james bond so that's a pondering too a teaser for later but spielberg always really wanted to direct the james bond movie and they wouldn't let him because he wasn't british so i'm going to get into the big lucas spielberg story later okay uh but we'll save that for career corner but yeah that's yeah that's kind of how lucas talks him into it and he's like no make your own james bond and i like it the original way that Lucas wrote the character was actually a lot closer to James Bond. And Lawrence Kasdan, the screenwriter, who was the yeah. other member of this dream team, uh, like actually added a lot of the anim- a lot of the elements that make Indie Indie. And so, going back to your Han Solo comparison for just a minute, for those of you that don't know who Lawrence Kasdan is, he is known by many as the voice of Han Solo. Because he wrote, he wrote and directed Empire. Yeah, I think he directed, right? Oh, he wrote or it. He just write. So George, so George and Stephen and Kazd and Lawrence, they they sat down in 1978 and they kind of they put this whole script together in about three days, or not three, in a, a, I think a long weekend, but uh, it was in 1978 and they just gathered together, and they just cranked it out, man. And George had a really good idea of the character before. And Lawrence just brought him home, and Stephen was there just to, you know, because he's still Stephen, and is amazing too. Like I would, I just would have loved to be a fly on the wall for that. But trivia. What else worked, Jesse? Johnny Williams. John Williams is so freaking good, right? The music, the title song alone is one of the most iconic songs of all time. But the score in totality. I'd put it up against any other score in movie history, and I think it holds. I agree. Jeff, is there anything else that worked? I know we touched on John Williams. We touched on a lot. Real quick. I just, I, I, I just had a real quick list, and I'll be quick. I said the concept, na- Nazis as villains. Yeah, that really is pace. great. Nazis that, that as villains. I think Nazis totally as agree. villains is why this is like a timeless classic, right? We can always like get behind Nazis. And that's why dying. the first and the third are the best. They're way better than like whatever we, <coughs> villains. The, yeah, I mean the dude. Although the guy out. that tears your heart out is kind of cool too. Right? He was he was creepy when I was a kid. Now he's kind of annoying as an adult. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I haven't seen it, watched it in a while actually. Um, roller, I was like the score and Harrison Ford. Those were the five things I wrote down. 
Hey, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Well, you kind of took a little bit of the wind out of my sails, Strum, I'm not going to lie. Right, well, the opening scene... <laughs> the opening scene, the per- per- Peruvian... Peruvian... Uh, Al now brown cow. Um, temple. The booby traps switching the idol for the bag of sand. <laughs> and then... The guide, yeah, backstabbing the Indiana Jones. Alfred Molina. Co- I think it was like one of his first movies. Yeah, I mean that, and then Indy running from the boulder. There's so many iconic scenes in the first five, 15 minutes of this film. Jesse, like, that might not that might not just be the best scene in this movie. That could be the best scene in all three of the movies. Like, yeah, so I was thinking. I have, I, was... I have, an, I have another one which I actually remember from the first time I saw this movie. But this is my, this is the, this is the best scene in the movie. So I think I've probably seen Raiders of the Lost Ark maybe twenty times. Okay, and rewatching today again and rewatching last week, I said to myself. <laughs> I always forget so many of these scenes because all I ever remember is the damn beginning because it's so iconic and ingrained in my head. Like, I literally forget a bunch of the other stuff and I've seen this movie 20 times because the first 15 minutes is just so special and so iconic. So I was just assuming... Jeff, did you have that as your favorite scene? Um, I... There's so many iconic ones. I couldn't label it first, so I was gonna let you guys go first and go with what you didn't have. <laughs> I wrote down, I wrote down four. Um, what was the first the one you wrote scene, down though? Was it the opening? <laughs> the first one I wrote down was the um, bar scene. Okay, the bar Interesting. with Marion. I, I I just love that scene. With um, Indian Marion or? Well, I take the whole thing from Marion out drinking the big guy. To Harrison coming in, hope to creepy Nazi style, coming in, to, to the... Nazi almost burning her. Then when then Andy, then for Harrison some reason waits till some reason waits till like the fire the pits like right in front of her face yeah. before he uh, yeah. pulls the uh, whip back and then somehow oh. outshoots five Nazis with machine guns That's with a six shooter. He's Harrison Ford. <laughs> I mean, he's Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford. He's right, and Han Solo reasons. and yeah. all the right. <laughs> um, it's just an awesome scene. The barn birds down so much. You get a lot about his character, a lot about Marion's character. I think it's funny that like she wants all she wants to talk about is just how he hurt her, and all he wants to talk about is yeah, sorry and all, but do you know where the ark is? Something. It's a worthless bronze medallion, Marion. You're gonna give it to me? Maybe. Um, I like that. Hon. I like that. And I, I, I would not have thought you would have picked that as your favorite scene so I, I really enjoy that so yeah i and i it's the homeboy evil not evil nazi looking guy uh who was born to play a villain can't really act but he looks like a great villain grabs the uh medallion burns himself the bar burns down you sure not to show a girl a good time indy huh. i think that whole scene's great it is Brown Jones needs to have forgotten how to show a lady a good time. 
it is. It is great. The whole movie's great. That's why you can really just pick set piece to set piece. Even the one little scene of exposition they sneak in on us. And I wanted to make note of it. Not that it's a favorite scene, but I put it in my favorite scene notes just because it deserved to be talked about. When he's uh, with the chalkboard and he shows a picture of the medallion and all that and he's talking about the Ten Commandments and the Ark of the Covenant and he's like, you know, it's a great character did, scene did any of you guys go to Sunday school? And like, like all this. Any of you guys ever go to Sunday school? Stuff like oh, yeah. exposition's really boring. Like we've talked about this before, and Indiana Jones does not do exposition boring at all. Like I'm he just like, ooh, we're going to class right now. He's taking us to class. Let's pay attention. Well, and it, it shows. <laughs> usually, I don't need to pay attention seen... because we're usually already like, I'm like, okay. And you know why that scene's important? Uh, like him in the first of all, him teaching and then doing that scene. Because we had just seen him as like Mr. Adventure Guy. Yep. And then bringing him back to, oh, holy shit, this guy's a doctor. Yep. He actually seems to care. He cares more as much about knowledge and shit as he does about oh, yeah. um, all the swinging off ropes and shit. Oh, yeah. And it's funny watching him lecture a couple of government guys. Uh, I, also lo- I, love the ch- I love the chase through Cairo. Uh, That's a great scene, too. Mer- I wrote down the airplane scene. I also oh the, dude I the airplane scene, airplane scene was is one of my favorites as a kid and I love it I still love it as an adult uh, I argue that the movie kind of slows down really uh, a lot it really does after the airplane scene after he takes out that guy and I don't know if it's just because I saw it so many times as a kid as a kid I used to like like, like watching that was like I, the airplane I, scene. And then I was done. Yeah, like, like once the airplane, once the guy gets it on the airplane, like the chase in the truck is nice, right? Because we love watching Indy have to like go the through chases on, on trucks. But the stuff on the boat sucks, man. I'm not gonna lie. And I just yeah, my my brain pretends that it doesn't exist. I think because I always forget about it. I, and then he's I, like climbing, and then I'm like, what are they? Oh, he goes on a boat again. I know. It. I feel like if this movie were made today, that'd be cut out. It might be. I know. And but the movie's only an hour and 55. And this is our is section of what doesn't work. And, you know, it is what it is. But, hey, um, this will be a fun <laughs> edit. And uh, any other scenes anyone wants to mention? Jeff, you had another one. You. I mean, those were the, those were the four. Okay. The opening scene, the airplane scene, the bar scene, and the truck scene. So the street fight. It's not a scene. It was part of the scene that you mentioned, Mark. But I almost wrote down just because I love so much when the guy pulls the sword out. Oh, and he just shoots and him. And he shoots him. Because he was super and sick. That was improv. He was super sick. He was improv, yeah, he, was, uh, he had yeah, dysentery. Yeah. And yeah. that poor guy spent two weeks learning how to be a professional sword fighter. Yeah. And then Harrison gets just... dysentery and says, what if I just shoot him? Yep. Wouldn't that be funnier? Yeah. Like, basically, I'm sweating and shitting and it's hot as hell. I'm not doing it, guys. So I'm just going to pull out the gun and shoot him. And I think it'll work. So let's shoot it that way. Do you guys know the only one who didn't get dysentery was Steven Spielberg? I did not know that. Not and that's because that. he did not trust the food there. So I, he I, brought he brought his own SpaghettiOs. I believe and that. And just ate SpaghettiOs every fucking day. I believe it, man. Oh, that's crazy. Where, where was it filmed? That's crazy. That that part was in um, Egypt, I think. Tunisia. Oh, Tunisia. It was in Tunisia. See you tomorrow, Indiana Jones. Any other quotes that someone wants to love to start throwing down? Snakes. <laughs> Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? And when you—you're not the man I knew ten years ago. 
It's not the years, honey. It's, it's the, the mileage. mileage. <laughs> it's a great fucking line. It's so good. And I knew ten years ago. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. The snake is so funny because we get the intro right in the beginning when he's on the plane away with his buddy mm -hmm. Jock. <laughs> Come on, show a little backbone, will ya? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a big snake in the plane, Jock. <laughs> oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie. <laughs> I hate snakes, Jock. I hate them. Speaking of Reggie. Come on, show a who, little backbone. Who brings their pet snake with them on, on a treasure hunt? <laughs> I love Brody, by the way. We got to give mention to Brody, right? And oh, yeah. When he tells, you know, Indy, you know, like he thinks about Marion and Brody, like, tries to put him in check. And he's like, hey, this broad's like the least of your worries. And he's, what do you mean? Well, I mean that for nearly 3,000 years, man has been searching for the Lost Ark. It's not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. It's like nothing you've ever gone after before. Well an army which carries the ark before it is invincible or like that's just once again laying the foundation but i but at the same time indiana jones is human and cool and marion's hot mm -hmm. and clearly this guy loved marion at some point <laughs> he, he said you were a bum ah he's being generous the most gifted bum he ever trained you know he loved you like a son took a hell of a lot for you to alienate him not much just you this goes back to the uh iconic scene we were talking about give me the whip <laughs> throw me the idol no time to argue throw me the idol i'll throw you the whip give me the whip adios senor. adios it belongs in a museum oh my friends I'm so pleased you're not dead. Sala's so cool, and you're never sure. You're never quite he sure about great. Sala. Yeah. Right? You like, never know the trip. Holy smoke, my friends! I, I'm so pleased you're not dead. You can trust him. Even like with, because he's been screwed over by so many exactly. people. Exactly. Yes. Like, so Sala, like at the end of the day, you're like, wow. Well, I guess, I guess Sala was a good guy. <laughs> but you're never really sure. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, with what didn't work, I, that really doesn't work. I mean, that, I because of how great the opening is, we forget about a lot of things. And I guess the one thing I truly, truly forgot about is the end. I, like, arguably, it could end after he gets the arc back on a truck. Like when he, like they, like when he gets on the boat, they sure. could have ended it there. They sh they probably should have ended it there, like you said. Oh, I think the last scene is so iconic. It is, but maybe like the I the last scene is iconic, but they just didn't need the boat stuff in between. They could have like yeah. just done the yes, yeah. yes, yes. They could have put the last scene when you've after got a, he... Nazis melting their faces off. Yeah, and it's I mean, got to be like one of the top ten ways the villains have ever been killed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Mark, I I kind of thought along the same lines. And maybe it's it's like the the CGI or lack of CGI CGI uh, that scene seemed a lot more like impactful when I saw it many many years ago. Which one? The 
the face melting uh, Nazi scene at the end. Well, and we've been. Well, that's it's, before it's the boat, though, right? That's the. That's. No, he's again. saying he's saying the scene. You're you're saying the melting faces used to be more impactful to you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have an issue necessarily with the melting faces scene. I think we're just saying. I think we're all just saying, ditch the boat. I just say, go yeah, from the ditch truck, from the truck to the boat. Go, yeah, like go from the yeah, go from the truck to. I don't know. I like. I I just don't like the submarine stuff. Just, no, I don't, yeah. me neither. It didn't and, work, and I don't like that. You didn't even ask. I, what you, did the monkey work for anybody? Uh, no. Oh, so I have a pondering with that stupid monkey. My pondering was. <laughs> my pondering was. Uh, why do people trust cute little monkeys man stop trusting these cute little monkeys right <laughs> they're, they're first of all they'll claw your face off when you least expect it because they're still monkeys at the end of the day but if you've ever seen outbreak yeah it can cause a lot of problems well, that's a whole other issue but yes but, <laughs> but the, the monkey in aladdin was trustworthy well uh, i mean for aladdin <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, the majority of this movie works, right? I feel like we're being very nitpicky. Very nitpicky. This movie's still in my top fifty. It's always going to be in my top fifty, and it's probably just because Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones are cool, and they their coolness excuses my nitpicks tenfold. So, so for career corner this week, guys, uh, Jeff, you had some uh, some good folklore. I believe it's a Lucas Spielberg story. Am I right? You are correct. Excellent. I'm going to let you, uh, let's run with it. Let's see where we go here. Absolutely. Well, George Lucas conceives of the idea of Indiana Jones um, shortly after American Graffiti. And like, I think it's like 1973 and really wants to, he was going to call it Indiana Smith. Um, thank God for that. There was a movie character named Nevada Smith and they decided that was too close. So they changed it to Indiana Jones. Thank God for that. Cause Indiana Smith doesn't quite have the same ring. George work Lucas then, um, but the first thing he wants to do before he does this is he really wants to uh, acquire the rights to uh, Flash Gordon because um, he like he had a love for the serials growing up as a kid. For those of you who don't know what the serials were, is they were kind of TV before they were TV in the 30s and 40s before there was television. Um, they'd have Saturday morning serials, which were basically 30 minutes to an hour long episodes. And they were cheaper than a regular movie, but you had to go back the next week if you wanted to see what happened next. Uh, kind of invented modern TV in a lot of ways. Anyway, he couldn't get the rights to Flash Gordon, so he says, fuck this, I'm going to write my own space opera. And he does Star Wars. Um, after Star Wars, Lucas films it, uh, screens it for, before it's released like critics and stuff, he screens it for... Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, a lot of like young and upcoming directors that he thought of as his peers. And the majority of them, and including a couple of other critics, just did not get it. And kind of gave him the better luck next time, George speech. With the exception of one Steven Spielberg, who after watching it said, don't listen to those other guys, you are about to make a shit ton of money. <laughs> this is going to be epic. So, Star Wars is set to come out and it's critically panned and George Lucas does not, he wants to get away and doesn't want to like, yeah. 
if his movie doesn't do well, doesn't want to hear like how bad it is. So he invites Steven Spielberg and his wife, his one fan from that screening, That's right. out to Hawaii with them. That's right. And takes them to uh, takes them to Hawaii. And while they're in Hawaii, they start talking about their love for Saturday morning cereals. And the whole time Spielberg's complaining that nobody will let him direct a James Bond movie because he's not British. George Lucas says, ah, you don't want to do that. Somebody's already done James Bond. You want to do your own James Bond. And he pitches him, Indiana Smith, because he hadn't changed the name yet. Yeah. Uh, and they over this whole weekend in Hawaii, and I just laugh about these two nerding out over a movie they're going to make while they're in Hawaii. Uh-huh. And their wives probably like go to the spa and are like, fucking, we can't get away from these <laughs> creative types anywhere we go. They conceive of the entire idea... Super excited. Uh, Spiel, but Lucas has to go right into production for... Star Wars is a huge hit. He has to go right into production for Empire. So timing's not quite right. Uh, Spielberg does uh, both Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind while huge box office hits. Production nightmares over budget conclusion of them correct they it was often said spielberg would never work again because they were so over budget so over schedule well he just keeps hitting home runs so he keeps getting to like double down well 1941 is the worst of those disasters and then worse yet it's both critically panned and a box office failure spielberg was one of the youngest people ever to direct a feature-length movie he was this wonder kid and there were article after article. Basically, every the story around town was that he had flamed out. And he was done. Uh, and nobody would hire him. So Lucas decides this is the time to get Stephen to do Indiana Smith with him. Uh, he, he pitches it to Stephen. And Stephen's like, I don't think they'll let you make it with him. And Lucas says... I directed Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. They'll let me make anything. (laughs) And he was right. Yeah. And they pitch it around town and they give a hard pitch because George Lucas didn't want to fund it himself. He wanted a proceed of the profits. 1.5, like something like a million. I guess he just wanted to cut the profits. It's Spielberg. They got $1.5 million. And he said, oh, and by the way, Steven Spielberg's going to direct this. Finally, it goes to another name you're all going to remember, Michael Eisner, uh, former CEO of Disney, who at the time was the CEO of Paramount, who to this day says it was the best screenplay he'd ever read. Going back to what Mark says, Lawrence Kasdan's brought in, and the three of them kind of write it together. I'm just trying to keep this short, somewhat, the story somewhat pithy. Yeah. I could go into a lot more. And as great as the script is, you know, Harrison Ford still brought it home with lines like, it's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. Uh, that wasn't in the script, you know. So, this well, he a... had he interestingly negotiated. He had some negotiating power after being Han Solo. Yeah, and he negotiated an interesting thing in his contract that was he wanted final cut on any of his lines. Yeah, which was very odd in Hollywood too. But it kind of hits Harrison Ford. I mentioned this when we did the Fugitive podcast. Yep, I remember. He's known as one of the most professional actors. And a lot of directors don't like working with him because he has lots of opinions and he likes to do lots of takes. For sure. 
So, regard uh, regardless, the uh, movie gets made, um, but they say it better. This thing better not go over budget and be on time. So George Lucas does two things. One, he hires Frank Marshall, who is a producer in Hollywood known for always coming in under budget and quicker than the production schedule. Two, he devises a plan with Marshall to give Spielberg a fake budget and a fake timeline. To which Spielberg, I think he actually came in just at those, if not over. He actually did do better. He tried really hard. But he was still a little bit over, but he was way under the actual budget and the actual timeline. Medals are hard this week. Medals are hard. Let's start. Let's get him going here. Like, where do you leave off? This was tough. I went, I was telling Drum off pod, I had a person, Silver, for many, many times I watched this movie and now they're not getting a bronze or silver or gold. They're getting an honorable mention. Who are they? <clears throat> they are getting an honorable mention. Honorable mentions. I have two of them. Karen Allen and Ronald Lacey. So Karen Allen was going to get the silver? Karen Allen was going to get the silver. Okay. She is the best love interest. Oh, without a doubt. Always knew someday you'd come walking back through my door. I never doubted that. Something made it inevitable. Of any of the love interests of Indiana Jones, 100%. by a, a mile. But uh, Jesse, who, what do you, who we got? Bronze medal for who? Wait, wait, hold on. Well, who's your other I, honorable mention? Ronald yeah, Lacey. Who's Ronald? So, Third Reich, kind of transition. Oh, the villain. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, if you think of a Nazi SS Reich general, whatever he was, like, that's the picturesque person that you could imagine. From Britain, he, he was a great actor. Anyway, uh, bronze, it's a co-bronze. It has to be Spielberg and George Lucas. Can't have one without the other. My silver is John Williams. Again, I would put this score up against pretty much any score in movie history. I don't think this is Steven Spielberg's best movie, and I don't think this is George Lucas's best movie. That's why they are the, at the bronze, and John Williams is, is silver. I can respect then, all of that. And then gold is none other than the man, the myth, the legend. Harrison Ford. Yeah, I hope, I hope, I hope it's a unanimous gold. I really do, because mine is, and uh, <clears throat> I guess I'll go backwards with the with that. But uh, I'm not gonna give an honorable mention because there's too many. Instead, I'm just gonna shock the world. Right, my bronze medal okay. goes to John Williams, and everything that we've talked about. I couldn't agree more. It's so incredible. The music is so incredible. My silver medal goes to George Lucas. And I guess I left Steven Spielberg off the podium because, I don't know, if I made a list of my five favorite Steven Spielberg movies, I'm not sure 
this one makes the list necessarily. But, <clears throat> which is weird saying that because of how much we've loved this movie. And I, I, it's literally one of my 50 favorite movies. So it probably is in the top five Spielberg movies, I'm just saying. But uh, it's not necessarily the first Spielberg movie that comes to mind. And George Lucas wrote this. He, he came up with this character. This is his creation. Don't get me wrong. It evolved because of a lot of help. But he knew who he, he, he had this idea. He wanted. So I guess. Does, I have just one question. Yeah. I, I don't mean to no, interrupt, no, no. Drummond. Do we know why George Lucas didn't direct this movie? He doesn't like directing. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't. But like he also it. is a control freak. So sometimes like. He likes like the production did... aspect because he gets to boss yes. people around because he's the he's the lead dog, and he had a friendship level with Steven, and uh, he liked Steven's creativity. So he like he I think he had no problem with giving creative control, and I think Steven knew that the character was his baby, and I think a lot of times it, there's an issue with having co-directors. So I think he was very hands on, and you could probably argue that he's co-director, but he's like hands on everywhere. Um, he liked the. Production and he has enough value. cred. This is not a poltergeist situation, where George Lucas feels like he needs the credit. Yeah, like he. It, it's it's just interesting because I've never heard anything about George Lucas or Spielberg coming out and saying like, what? "This is why we." I I think he Spielberg wanted Spielberg directed. I mean, he had such a miserable t- like he loved doing Star Wars and he had a specific vision in mind, and yeah. he wanted to do it that way. But he had such a miserable time directing A New Hope that that's why he didn't direct uh, Jedi or Empire. Yeah, wow. you know, and I mean, sometimes it's easier to po- have a vision and have someone else execute your vision. And Steven Spielberg's a master. So now I'm like and, sad that I don't have Steven Spielberg getting a medal after we've had, after <laughs> like we've evolved this discussion and you cheated and had like a co medal, which like I was fine with. I mean, he's the <laughs> Which I was fine <laughs> with because I've cheated before too. Mark, he's the original creator of this idea too. It, so I get why you, what would you, what you that, That's why I, I went mean, with it. And the reason I went with it, going back to my. And goal, we have E.T. and every. Correct. We arguably have every Spielberg movie afterwards because yeah, it yeah, took yeah. the. But going back to my gold medal... The guy that did Star Wars to get him a job. Just going back to my gold medal in Harrison Ford. Like, I think Indiana Jones is cooler than the movies. And George Lucas deserves credit for that. He created this cool character just as much as Harrison Ford did. And Steven Spielberg steered the ship and made it all work, I think. So he deserves some credit here, obviously. But I really think Indiana Jones is cooler than the movies. And where you stand... Please tell me you have the same goal, but go wherever you need to start. Honorable mentions, let's go. Honorable mentions, well, I'll tell you who I'm not giving an honorable mention to. <laughs> and that's Karen Allen. Um, she's fine. Yeah. She's grown for me over the years. Okay. I think it's an extremely well-written character. Yeah. But I actually think a lot of actresses could have done just as good, if not better. I'm okay with that. She also annoys me, because for 20 years, she shat on this movie, and wasn't a fan Complained a lot about Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg. Uh, yeah. Um, and she kind of came back around once this movie had such iconic status. And <laughs> she did nothing the rest of her career. And basically was like, yeah, actually it wasn't that bad. At the time I was whatever. So screw her. Um, she's off. Wow. wow. George, George Lucas wow. and Lawrence Kasdan actually get my honorable mentions. 
I wanted Lucas on that podium so bad, but I, I'm, that's why I'm glad that you gave him the silver mark. Yeah. I think our medals balance each other out that way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just couldn't do it because John Williams belongs on this podium. I know. That's good that we all have him. And it, it almost feels like bronze is too little for him, but, I mean, you can't give a composer more in a movie of this magnitude. I mean, you can, but Jesse. we did. just... You did. You're right. Um, <laughs> we just talked. I've been hum. I mean, part of the Indiana Jones experience is that damn song. I mean, John Williams. Whether, there's never been a composer that's ever gotten three medals from us. So that's all you need to know, right? Like, there you go. There you there go. You go. <laughs> Silver goes to Steven Spielberg. This is arguably, now I'm not going to say his best movie or best story or whatever. But this, argu- this arguably, along with Saving Private Ryan, might be his best directed film. And let me explain oh, what I mean by that. Hold on. Mm. I mean, by mm, the moving around mm. of set pieces. I'm just saying, like, let's not forget the storyboarding. I know, I, I know. I, but I was... Schindler's List, a lot of that's the writing, the story. And the character work, which is all, that's all important for a director to bring that out. So what I'm talking is more the technical aspects of filmmaking. This is a masterclass in storyboarding, blocking, and technical directing. But, okay. Because you don't need any of the dialogue or even the score to know what is happening and to still be slightly entertained. What about Jurassic Park? But I feel like we could do that with a what bunch of Spielberg Jaws? movies. Yeah. What about? Like, and maybe that's a point. Okay. E. That's like that's what, what makes Spielberg Shin- special. So like I'm okay with you. Private, like I'm okay with you silver. giving him the silver medal for that reason. Like that's what debate, makes him special. Oh, I love these movies too. I could debate all of them. That's my okay. point. Steven Spielberg has so many damn movies, and George Lucas doesn't. So maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe that's why it's so. E- right. Maybe that's why it was so easy for me. I'm to not going to die silver. on that sword. I was more no, no, just, no. He gets my silver. And the gold goes to who else? Harrison Ford. Yeah. He is Indiana Jones. I. It's one of those parts. I. There. I. Can usually imagine other people in a role, and I just cannot imagine, especially Tom Selleck, or. <laughs> Bill Murray, Nick Nolte, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, Jeff Bridges, Sam Elliott. God, it's all cringe when they're like, I love every all one those of them. People. I mean, Tom Selleck somewhere. might be the best. Who they Tom really Tom Selleck would be the best get. out of all of those. And, and like oh Tom God. Selleck, maybe Bridges. Feel like, like ah. I feel like Tom Selleck is like the you know the Wish dot com version of Indiana Jones, right? I would. I mean, it'd be entertaining to watch Jack play Indiana Jones, but I don't think it's good. Um, anyway, Harrison Ford, he gets my goal. He certainly does. And it's late, boys. And we've pondered multiple points this evening. But, um... I mean, I guess I'll... Who would you rather be? James Bond or Indiana Jones? We've talked about that a little bit. But I didn't didn't flat out ask that. I think being from the United States, I, I think I'd rather be Indiana Jones. 
I think I, I think but, I'd rather be Indiana Jones. Uh, and James Bond is like, it's an older franchise. It is like yes, they made newer James Bonds, but they weren't as iconic as like the um, Sean Connery and you know the the older James Bonds. So I think for our generation and being from America, the USA. I think Indiana Jones, hands down. All right, uh, Ponderings, Jeff, any? Um, I just had a couple. Um, why? So, once they had the arc, like, several times, why didn't they just shoot Indy? Just, they freely shot a lot of people, but Indy, they always let live, just to... You know, sometimes you, you know? have a certain respect for certain people more than you do their henchmen. Um, and then how did that one guy have a dress, a white dress like that, that perfectly fit Marion just on, on him? Who, uh, Indy's helper, Sala? Yeah, the guy in the, no, 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 the villain guy um, in the tent. Oh, (laughs) he just pulls out of his suitcase in the middle of the desert, a perfectly fitting dress for her. I forgot about that. That's right. (laughs) A little creepy. He just carries that around in his, uh, creepy. Yeah. In his (laughs) his back pocket. Hold on a second. (laughs) I knew this opportunity would come where I would be able to just kidnap a girl and call her mine. Here, I have a dress for you. Throw a dress on her. You're about the size that I yep, dreamed. I had I this size. When I put this up. together. Yep, exactly. 100%. I, so I just had one midnight pondering. Yep. Bring it. And I think, I, I didn't hear Han explicitly say this, but I did hear Drummond, I heard you say this. Why, how did we ever think Temple of Doom was better than Raiders? We were kids. Okay, here, you want to know why? It's a fun movie for kids. Yeah, it's a fun movie for kids. But why? Why? It's the bridge scene, right? It's the fucking bridge scene. Is it the... The, is, is it the kid in the movie? No, it's the bridge scene. I think that's part of it, too. Well, short, short round. He might have something to do with it. But I think it's that bridge scene. That bridge scene is probably the sec, my maybe the second best scene in all the indie movies. Where the bridge he, scene, and even at, where he ties on. his leg to one of the bridges, and he just knows yep. he's screwed, man. This is his only option, and he cuts that with the sword. That scene is so cool, <laughs> like it's forever cool. Well, and he has his hand; the hand is in, uh, ready to take the heart. And then like, you got the gators. I still argue. You got the gators down below. Like, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on with that movie. He might, that, that guy is a cool villain. The problem now <laughs> like, as an adult, it, this, the whole concept of it's just it's so ridiculous. And yeah. No, I mean, my brother told me for years, like, your crazy Temple of Doom is not better than, than Raiders. It's a garbage film. And I was like, you're, you're an idiot. Like, and I think garbage Temple is a little it, rough. I just think it's the weakest of the three. Yeah, I agree with all i mean i agree with all that but i think gosh you know i is it like because i think it goes back to us loving how great the opening is of raiders keep in mind when we were kids we were so young when we saw these movies well that's what i was thinking i was thinking it it might have had some romance born in the same i might have romanticized it too being the first of the first of the three that i saw and i think the pacing of raiders i mean 
Raiders is only hour 50 minutes, you know. Temple's like, a faster-paced movie. Exactly. Temple is a faster-paced movie. I don't know if it's longer or not, but it's faster-paced, exactly. And uh, there's... Is, is, I mean, you go from the nightclub scene... As much so they're jumping out of a, there is You're jumping Raiders. out of an airplane five minutes later. Like... Yeah. Um... No, I think we kind of hit it. I think it's because we were all born around the same time, and... Raiders came out in 81. We were too young to see it for several years after it came out. Right. Yeah, I think it's definitely a... That's that's just my theory, but I could be wrong. I, yeah, I don't think you're wrong necessarily because here we are at a different age and we're all in agreement that Temple's the weakest of them. So. I'm out of ponderings. I have a couple of uh, things we may have missed, uh, which yeah, can't please. be many. What, we what, what, we missed? Yeah, what else lot. did we miss? So, this movie came out in June 12th of 1981. It opened to number one in the box office. By In week two, it falls to number three behind Superman 2 and Cannonball Run. Week four, but um, in week four, it's back to number one. And then it spends 40 straight weeks in the top ten. This movie is in movie theaters for 13 straight months. Nowadays, movies are out of theaters in four weeks when it made when it came back to... I, actually, I read that wrong. It was back to number two in week four. It didn't get back to number one until week six. And then it ran off like 20 weeks in a row as number one or something. But I, that's so such a crazy concept because nowadays, like, if you can be back-to-back first week, that's like a win for the uh, box office. Yeah, I mean... Can you imagine a movie 13 months in the movie theater? Uh, no, I can't. I, I, and Maybe 13 months on Netflix. Right, like, that's, you're, that's the new... Yeah, it just... I mean, so that means that people were seeing it multiple times. That means that, like, some point, like, me and you, Mark, were going, hey, you want to go see Raiders again? Right. That's the only way it could sustain such a long movie theater run. Any other ponderings? I mean, not ponderings. Any other uh, things we missed? One more Oscar mm. comment. John Williams did not win best score. It's bullshit, by the way. That is bullshit. That's just because Screw that Oscar. People not. were just like numb to how good John Williams was. John Williams just spoils everybody anytime he does a movie, and he's done like a hundred of them. It won. It actually let won the most awards because like Lucas Light and Magic won like every single technical award for this movie. Yeah, I believe it. And that was it. Um, no, I. That's all I got. Final thoughts, Jesse. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> that has not already been said. Um, this is in that group of movies that. Like, as a kid, it just built your love of movies. We talked about the trilogies, and we've talked about the folklore. And, I, and I'm really glad you brought that up, Han, about the script. It was created in Hawaii, and George Lucas, he didn't want to... Be in the state, well, the continental or the, um... 
Yeah. He, he didn't want to be around when his Star Wars being was being released in, in the theater. So he was terrified it was going to bomb. So like yeah, <laughs> and just that lore, and then he. That's where they pitched <laughs> Indiana Smith, and Spielberg said, eh. And then think Spielberg you got something directing, there. and then he went back to the well and said, "You know what? Let's do this shit." Yeah, and then Spielberg directing, and he, with Harrison's wife, creates ET. Like all like, of those things had to just, happen. Isn't that nuts? Just, just those three things alone. Like, you just think about it, like, that's crazy. That's crazy. ET, Star Wars. And Indiana Jones, all tied together. Like this, like I can't say anything more. Like this movie's incredible. And then you have Harrison Ford playing one of the most iconic characters in film history. And I agree, Drummond, it is one of the greatest adventure films of all time. Uh, Yeah, it, it really is. Jeff? I'm I'm at I'm at a loss of words. Jeff, I mean, Jesse, Jesse great, nailed great. it all there. I'd say that you kind of mentioned something similar earlier this week, Mark. So I hope I'm not stealing your thunder. But almost every single top hundred or top fifty movie list I've ever seen includes this film, and I think that just says a lot about how much of a classic it is, and. I'm so glad we've got to have 40 years of uh, Indiana Jones in our lives. I hear you. And we're not going to have 40 more, unfortunately. But uh, No, you can only survive so many plane crashes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this has been fun because Indiana Jones is that cool. And anytime we get to talk about cool movie characters usually ends up being a fun conversation so uh tonight would be no exception and it's it's been it's been a blast especially given our uh kudos out to spielberg and lucas and team and yeah harrison ford he really just is iconic as iconic as a role ever could be this 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 character indiana jones but uh hopefully everybody enjoyed uh going going down uh, memory lane with us this week but on behalf of jesse and jeff uh, thanks for listening to another edition of movie tales we'll be back soon take care